I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. It's the Hawkeye Nation Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe, publisher of HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, it is Wednesday, August the 12th. I was meaning to do one of these last week, last Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and ended up going in for an appendectomy. So uh, that did not happen, obviously. So trying to get back on here today, if I, fit, if I sound a little bit... Uh, a little bit off or a little bit uh, less energetic. Uh, that's the reason why I'm still kind of in recovery mode here, but wanted to catch up with some questions you guys had from last week. Some of those questions have now become obsolete because uh, of the news uh, yesterday, Tuesday, August the 11th, that the Big Ten was canceling fall sports and uh, obviously football, the marquee, uh, moneymaker front porch of the athletic department will not be being played this this fall. As far as we know, Nebraska seems to be wanting to push back on that. I heard or I read some um, quotes from Ohio State coach Ryan Day today, day to day, saying that uh, they were still trying to explore possibilities of playing in the fall. I think. Um, it's wishful thinking for those guys. Uh, this decision has been made from the presidents a lot higher up than where they are. Yes. College athletics are, are super important uh, to the universities, uh, but they are not the universities and the presidents made this decision. So you never say never. And maybe there will be football this fall, but I would be pretty surprised at this point if they're going to go, if they went back on, the decision that was made to this point, um, the Pac-12 followed the Big Ten in canceling fall sports. Uh, the Big 12 uh, commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, held a press conference today um, talking about protocol and them moving forward with their fall season and released the schedule. And I think, as we've all learned since the middle of March, early March, when uh, the pandemic kind of settled in, these, th- these decisions are day-to-day and uh, sometimes hour-to-hour. So um, I cer- certainly would love to watch college football this fall. If it's the Big 12 or the SEC or the ACC, whatever it is, I would love to watch it. We'll just have to see. Um, I think 
if we've learned anything from, you know, social media and uh, people writing columns and uh, commentators on TV and radio, everybody has an opinion on these things. And, um, you know, everybody thinks they uh, know what the right decisions are. It's, it's, I've kind of gotten to the point now where, and I wrote in my column today, um, you know, you just, you just, it's, some doctors say it's okay to play. Some doctors say it's not okay to play. It's a novel virus, folks. We don't know the answers. These are tough decisions uh, made by people in, in, that are making these decisions in power in these universities, presidents, athletic directors, what have you. Uh, I don't envy those Guy, you know, those people, uh, men and women having to make these decisions, but they have to be made. Uh, and they're doing what they think is best. I don't think anybody wants to shut down college football. Uh, but that's the decision the Big Ten made. They thought it was the best course of action based on the information they had from the doctors. And that's just the way it is. And it's really no sense of getting out on getting up on the mountaintop and screaming about him it's upsetting. It's annoying. It's, um, heartbreaking for the athletes. Uh, I feel awful for, you know, the fall athletes, just like I felt bad for the spring athletes, just like I felt bad for the winter athletes that couldn't finish their season. So it's unfortunate, but it's something, and I wrote about this in the column today. Uh, there really isn't a walk of life that hasn't been affected by this. So to think that college football, wasn't going to be affected by this, I think is probably a bit naive, but I will hop down off that soapbox and uh, go back a little bit here. I'm going to hop back to last week. Um, uh, let's start on Twitter. Uh, sit down at love the Hawks asked on asked on August 6th, how many chickens do we got to kill for a college basketball season? And he's got Pedro Serrano from major league. Uh, I guess uh, coming up with some spells here to hopefully um, uh, save the, the college basketball season. As I said a few minutes ago, we'll find out. I mean, great news, you know, earlier this month that Luca Garza was coming back. Uh, let's just hope for a college basketball season. Now these, you know, the Big Ten administrators that um, have chosen to punt on the football season can now come up with uh, – you know, plans for how to play college basketball. Uh, a lot of talk about doing that in the bubble. Um, I think you could do that. Um, Iowa, and I think most schools in the Big Ten, at least if not before, by Thanksgiving, will be going online fully. Um, at that point, um, there's no reason why you couldn't go to a bubble, maybe a bubble starting, you know, the last week of November through December. And then maybe another bubble in January into February, do a couple of different bubbles uh, and try to, um, you know, mitigate risk uh, for the virus. But I guess just kind of keep your, uh, you know, these are, these are the things that really we're going to have to be looking forward to now are decisions that are going to be made in the future here on future college sports, whether it's the basketball season or wrestling or spring football. We'll all just have to, you know, this is all just – such a fluid situation. We'll have to see. I know, like I said, the Big 12 and the ACC and the SEC are planning to play football, and I think that's great that they're, you know, they feel like they can do that. Um, that's what their doctors are telling them. 
I don't know. I have no answers because I am not a doctor. And again, it's a novel virus. I think people want answers that there aren't answers to yet. So I will, well, I'm not going to dive too deeply into that and get myself uh, in the political, tr- you know, <laughs> in trouble with the political virus is what I called it in my column today. You, you can call it the, you know, you don't have to name it after the country of origin or the president or an, an official name, just call it the political virus. Cause whenever it's discussed, it comes clearly down political lines. So um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Ryan Kelly at R Kelly 3406 asks any word on why Mike Malinsky went to Texas Two targets taken by the horns. Uh, and this was asked last week as well. And I appreciate the question, Ryan. Mike Malinsky is a center from Tampa uh, who chose Texas. I believe it was last week. Uh, and he, um, he followed uh, Colorado tight end Gunnar Heim, who also went to Texas, to two targets that Iowa was in the mix for. Um, I really don't have any inside information here, Ryan. I, I, I watched a couple of interviews with Mike and just kind of his decision on going to Texas. I mean, other than it's Texas, Iowa doesn't beat a lot of – Iowa does not beat a lot of recruits, uh, beat Texas for a lot of recruits. Um, maybe some in-state, maybe some in the region here, but – Texas is Texas, and I know it hasn't been as good as the, you know, traditional Texas uh, in recent years, but it seems like Herman has that thing going a little bit now. At least it feels like it's going in the right direction. It's, you know, Texas still has to do it on the field and prove itself, but um, it, it, recruiting-wise, they, they, you know, it's done really, really well. And just adding these two targets does not surprise me because it's Texas. And, uh, you know, I think you just kind of say, all right, it's Texas. That's a great option for them. It's a blue blood program. And you move on if you're Iowa. And Iowa's done really well in this 21 class and can't get them all is what, they, is what I like to say. And, and, but Iowa's gotten a lot in this class. And uh, I have some other questions I think about Iowa football recruiting down the line. So maybe we'll touch on that more in a minute. Um, I am a Hawkeye. Asked about some Big Ten uh, protocols for tracing and what have you. That doesn't really matter now because – there's no longer a fall season. So um, DC Hawk at DC underscore Hawk six. I still haven't heard anything concrete about what changes are happening, happening in regards to discrimination in foot in the football program. Can, companies bring in experts to teach about unconscious bias, etc. Even great leaders need outside help with blind spots like this. Any details? It's a great question, DC Hawk. And it's one I've been asking, um, I sent an email last week over to Iowa Sports Information, and uh, they got back to me. I, I, I want to know what's going on with this advisory committee of former players. What's the, what's the mission statement? What, how often are they meeting? Uh, what's being implemented? Uh, you know, what, what, like you said, are the coaches going through training here? Uh, what, what's going on? We haven't heard any concrete other than, you know, the players saying that they're happier now and changes are being made and the right things are being said, that progress is being made. We haven't heard any concrete details on what changes are happening. I think Iowa needs to be more transparent in what it's doing. Um, I heard Broderick Benz on uh, the Hawk Fanatic podcast the other day, uh, and he talked about, you know, the changing of, um, you know, letting letting – uh, student athletes on Twitter and, and uh, wardrobe changes. Those are the easy things. He talked about it being systemic and those changes needing to be made 
in a systemic level at, you know, in Iowa football, this was Broderick Benz. Now this isn't me. So just so we're clear. So you would think that there would be steps to make sure that that progress is happening. But again, we have not heard anything. So hopefully we get some answers there, DC. I think it's probably um, uh, overdue at this point. We're now going into the middle of August, two and a half months after this process started with James Daniels tweeting, probably should let us know if coaches are going through sensitivity training and going through, you know, training, from you know what what you said on conscious bias or different um Freddie, friend of mine dr eddie moore up in uh, green bay wisconsin owns uh runs the the white privilege institute up there they do a great job in training on sensitivity and things like that he's he's come and he's talked to other aspects and other departments at the university he'd be a great re- resource for iowa football um, so we'll just kind of have to see here, but I, I would think at some point now, especially with there not being football, that they might want to focus on this a little bit more. And this is a great time for them to push the pro- program forward in that perspective in terms of racial insensitivity, racial bias, what have you. Great time for Iowa to focus on that right now and also be transparent about it. Thank you for the question, DC. Uh, Joe Williams, and this is from last week as well. Any 2021 Iowa football targets still on committer, or will the rest of the class be made up of guys currently without an Iowa offer? Good question, Joe. And he's at Iowa Fan Williams on Twitter. Um, I guess my my the the short answer there, Joe, is yes. <laughs> there will be uh, there will probably be guys that they have offers to, and then also guys that don't have offers yet to fill out this class. I think they're up to what 17. Is that right? 17 or 18 commitments in this class? Um, I apologize. I've, I've kind of lost track. But um, there are some guys on the board still, and one will make his decision on Sunday. Skyler Bell, excuse me, uh, a wide receiver from uh, Taft in Connecticut. High school teammate of Deontay Vines, who is currently uh, enrolled at Iowa, just came in this summer as part of the 2020 class. He will be announcing his decision this Sunday, uh, and he is down to Iowa, Rutgers, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. Iowa has been his favorite for a while. Uh, He had planned to make his decision in the spring, uh, wanted to step back a little bit and take some more time to make that decision. So uh, he has pushed it back, and now uh, he appears ready to make his decision. And uh, we'll see where it goes. I think Iowa is really well positioned here. And we'll just kind of have to see how it goes on Sunday. But uh, he would be, I think, the fifth receiver in this class. Let me try to bring up uh, the commitment list here and see how many we're at, if I can bring that up. Uh, yeah, so I was at 17 right now. And receivers Keegan Johnson, Brody Brecht, Arlen Bruce. Uh, and who's the other receiver? Is that three? Maybe just three at this point. So he would be the fourth if he were to jump in, which would be a a solid. That was a position of need for Iowa, uh, and one that uh, they would will have addressed. They've already addressed it, but will have addressed it even more if they're able to get Skylar Bell, um, a nice prospect out of the East Coast. Um, Ken O'Keefe, Kelton Copeland, Kirk Ferentz, all working hard on that commitment uh, group effort there if they're able to get Skyler in the fold. Um, I think Iowa still wants a tight end in this class, um, and that's probably if you're looking for a position that has, doesn't have an offer yet, Joe, that's probably one where they're still going to evaluate and perhaps offer down the road here. 
Michael Trigg, uh, four-star tight end out of Tampa, has an offer, but I'm just not sure Iowa. Iowa offered earlier this summer, but I'm just not sure Iowa's made a lot of progress there. Um, and uh, he, has, he has a boatload of offers, so Iowa's probably on the outside looking in there. Uh, you look at defensive end, uh, Arden Walker out of Colorado. Uh, and Dane Hansen, defensive end out of Chicago. Those are a couple guys with offers that I think Iowa has a shot with. Uh, I don't believe either. Maybe Hansen's visited. I, I think I may have done a story. I've done stories on both of those guys. If you want to go through and search their names and Hawkeye Nation, you'll be able to get free stories on, on those guys and, and what their feelings are on the Hawkeyes. Not sure where things stand with those guys. Might be a good idea to do a drive-by and uh, – see uh see where both of those guys are at in terms of their decision making process just a really just a really hard deal for guys this year they haven't been able to visit campuses since the you know the middle of march or meet face to face with coaches really sympathize with these guys trying to make these decisions in a situation where you know it's just not normal and nothing nothing's normal right now in this country and college football recruiting certainly is is among uh, those those items that are not normal so hopefully and then uh, um William Lee he's an athlete out of Kirkwood uh Missouri St. Louis area um who uh I believe that's St. Louis area if if I am I'm sure people are rolling their if I'm wrong I'm sure people are rolling their eyes right now but uh he has Iowa Ball State and Iowa State among his three top schools uh, Iowa offered him back in the fall. I'm not sure uh, what the mutual interest is there. He's probably another guy I should follow up with to see uh, where things stand with him. But he's another guy who had an offer who at least recently said that Iowa was among his top schools. So another guy to keep a na- uh, another name to keep an eye on there. Thank you for the question, Joe. Uh, Christoph Trapp. <laughs> I appreciate him asking questions and enjoy his uh, his content. Uh, he, he does a good job of uh, in his field of expertise of um, I'm not even sure what that would be. I, I know there's a, a um, uh, let me see. I'm going to click on his. He is a top 14 content marketer, firm, former Hawkeye. The only downside to Kristoff is that he's a Yankees fan. Um, but I won't hold that too much against him as a Mets fan, but uh, certainly it, it, it dings his credibility a little bit. But he asked, what will we do on Saturdays uh, now? Um, I have a lot of yard work to do, Christoph, and if you'd like to come over and help bring the family, um, we could get some things done over here on the east side of Iowa City. <laughs> I'm sure you have plenty of yard work to do as well. Um, who knows? We'll be, maybe we'll be watching Big 12 football. This world is wacky. Uh, Justin Meese at Justin Meese asks, glad you're back. Thank you, Justin. Good to be back. Maybe I missed it, but I was surprised you didn't discuss Akram during your reaction to the report podcast. Seems to be a hot button and Coach Ferentz seemed agitated about the situation during the presser. I thought we did discuss that, but if we didn't, I apologize. Um, yeah, Akram's... Uh, he did seem to get under Kirk's skin. Akram was also somebody who uh, named Brian Ferentz in a couple of instances, which I'm sure did not sit well with the head coach. Uh, Kirk did confirm uh, that nothing happened to Akram's meal card. I think that bothered him that Akram would um, 
would accuse him of taking his meal card away. Uh, and then Kirk also said that he had talked to Akram's mother in May um, and then also helped with getting Akram in the XFL. What, was he in the XFL or the American football? One of those, one of those, um, those uh, leagues that popped up last year. He was in one of those leagues. I had heard from somebody on Akram's side that said Kirk did not help with that. They did that all on their own. I'm not going down that road. Obviously, there's there are problems there with how Akram his how he feels about his experience at Iowa, um, and obviously, uh, with the what he accused Kirk of, the coach was not happy with. Um, and I thought about this uh, when I was oddly enough when I was laying in the hospital last week, recovering from the appendectomy. But I saw Kirk talked with Scott Docterman from The Athletic in his interview about, you know, the Darrell Johnson Coolianos accusations, and he shot some of those down, but then did acknowledge others. And he didn't shoot down all of Akram's accusations, just those two in particular. Um, so, um, and actually just the one about the meal card. He didn't say anything about Brian Ferentz talking about Akram wearing a, um, a face mask um, and robbing banks and gas stations and, th- you know, some of those things that, that Akram uh, accused uh, Brian Ferentz of so it, there, it was let's just say it's it's not a good situation and, and if you look at it if you look at Akron Wadley and Darrell Johnson Koulianos they're two of the most exciting players that have come through Iowa during the Kirk Ferentz era and by all accounts Kirk does not have a relationship with either one of those I'm not saying he's to blame um, but it's just unfortunate you've got two guys that were you know there have been two running backs in the Kirk Ferentz are Akram Wadley and Fred Russell, who have rushed for a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons. So 21 years, they've had two running backs do that. And then you've got Darrell Johnson Koulianos, who is among the leaders in receptions and yards uh, and was just an incredible player when he was here, also does not have a relationship with the head coach. Um, And again, I am not blaming the head coach. I'm just pointing out how unfortunate it is that two of the best players in his time at Iowa he does not have a relationship with. It would be great if both sides could figure out a way to fix that so those guys could come back in the fold. Fans that cheered for them when they were here can be, quote, unquote, you know, I don't know if reunited is the right word, but just it's just unfortunate, you know, that those things are happening. And then if you go back to Ronnie Harmon, he doesn't really have a relationship with Iowa either, another great player. So just unfortunate to see those things happen. You would hope that those people would be a part of uh, whatever you're doing, you know, as a football program because they were such a big part when they were here. Um, Joe Williams is back with um, – has your view of Kevin Warren changed? Everyone thought he was great and potentially be the next NFL commissioner. Doesn't seem like he's nailed his job so far. Um, my view of Kevin Warren, I've kind of kept it open-ended, Joe, uh, since he joined the conference. Um, just kind of to see. And he's done some really good things. Uh, the mental health initiative. Um, you know, racial diversity and awareness. He's done some really good things in terms of uh, advancing the conference, particularly uh, in in, in uh, supporting athletes and, and promoting inclusion and diversity and things like that. So I don't think I, I know Kevin Warren's the face of this decision, but this was a president's decision. This was not. I mean, I'm certainly certainly he had a say in this, 
But this came from above him. And I know he's catching a lot of heat for this. And I think we had another Kevin Warren question from Facebook. So I'll, uh, I'll shout you, you're at, you out, but I'm going to try to hit this, this question for everybody in this one spot. Um, so I, you know, he, throughout this pandemic, he has always said, he's never said, you know, there's going to be football. He said that they were trying to move towards having football with the, you know, the, the potential, if you read his, his transcripts and interviews, he's always said the potential is there that they're not going to be able to play. It's always going to be based on medical advice and really the presidents and the universities, this isn't happening in, you know, in a vacuum here. This, this is a a university decision. This is not just an athletic department or, you know, the big 10, the big 10, you know, um, excuse me, commissioner's decision. This is bigger than that. So I, I really haven't changed my opinion of Kevin Warren. I think he's done a great job so far. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not holding this against him because he's, he's not the only one making this decision. So I think it'd be wrong to just put all of people's disappointment at his feet, but I'm sure people will do that anyway. Uh, Christoph Trapp is back. Um, uh, a, a hated Yankee fan. Can Iowa join the big 12 this season? Uh, we hit on this a little bit earlier, I think with, uh, or maybe I was reading this on our Facebook page questions, which I'll get to next. Cause this is the last Twitter question. Um, no, I, I, they cannot join the big 12 for the, for this season. And uh, we've seen this from Nebraska and, we, and we've seen like I talked about earlier with Ryan day talking about trying to play this fall. Um, the Big Ten's decision is made, and uh, they have the TV rights as well. So I, I don't think the that um, the Big Ten schools could play on. I could be wrong on this, but the, the the Big Ten owns the TV rights to the school. It's you know it's it's conference schools, so I don't even think they could play on TV and get any TV money. So I don't know what the point of that would be. So I don't see it happening. I think you just have to suck it up here, and, and hopefully there's a there's a spring season of some kind. I I laid out a, you know, a possibility in my, um, my column for today that's on the front page of HawkeyeNation.com. But maybe a six-game divisional schedule in the spring. Uh, division winners play the Big Ten championship game. Um, and then if there's a college football playoff after that, maybe you have some small regional bowl games. I mean, there's, there's possibilities. And then you, so then you punt on, on spring practice that you would normally have traditional spring practice that happens at the end of March into April at Iowa, get back maybe for some midsummer conditioning and get ready for the season. And then you shorten up the fall season, maybe make it eight games, six in division, two out of division or cross division for the big 10 and then go from there. So. A lot of decisions to be made here and possibilities. Smarter people than me will make these decisions, and hopefully they're good decisions. But I think I, that, uh, that the Big Ten is going to do everything it can to at least play some football in the spring just from an athletics department budget standpoint. If they can get it in, uh, get some revenue for the fiscal year that ends on June 30th, 2021, uh, they're going to do everything they can to do that. So stay tuned on that. And that is it on the Twitter questions, I believe. And let's see here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's go to Facebook. Uh, And this is from, I believe this Facebook is from... Yeah, this is from last week. So a lot of these, and I apologize for this, guys, that I did not get to your questions on this Alexander James Oas um, prediction prediction for the Hawkeye football record. Uh, I picked six and four, by the way, and I have the, the those up on Hawkeye Nation if you want to look from the revised schedule that came out last week. The 10-game schedule that was released last Wednesday is now uh, obsolete. Sorry about that. Needed to take a little bit of a drink. Solo podcast. Um, don't have a whole. Don't have pauses to take drinks, so I had to take one there. I apologize if that came across as disgusting in any way. Uh, did the Big Ten do uh, Charlie Knight? Did, did the Big Ten do a favor in splitting PSU and OSU games? Yeah, these these are schedule questions, guys, and I really appreciate them. And I'm sorry I didn't get to them last week, but the uh, appendix uh, was not having it, so. Uh, let's see here. Justin W.C. Borman asks, how much playing time do you see Pat McCaffrey getting this winter? It's a great question. Justin um, wrote a little bit about, uh, you know, picking a starting lineup for Iowa last week. Um, I think uh, Patrick's probably that, that seventh, eighth man in the rotation. Uh, maybe plays and it's going to be dependent on his health too and how he feels day to day. I did a interview with him back, I think in May or June, uh, may have been in June, uh, did a zoom interview with him and just talked about his health. And and this is something he's going to have to continue to deal with. He's going to have bad days. So that certainly can impact how many minutes he plays on a given day. Um, But I don't know, 10, 15 minutes a game somewhere in there. Uh, depending if he's hot, you leave him in um, and just kind of gauge how he feels, um, you know, and, and how he feels health wise. And you just kind of play it by ear. Hopefully as each year goes by, he becomes a little more mature physically, a little, you know, able to um, uh, have more good days than bad days um, and have actually fewer and fewer bad days. That would be the ultimate goal. And hopefully he can build on that forward. He's got four years now to, uh, to uh, build on here. And, and uh, I, I love his potential. You know, you're talking about a long six foot eight, you know, guy shoot from the outside, block shots inside, give you some defensive versatility. So he gives his dad some possibilities there. And then J.C. Borman asked again, would you ever go on the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast? I've had people ask this on Twitter, too. I'm not sure why this is. I know uh, they don't care for me, uh, so maybe that's why people want to hear me go on there, um, because they don't care for me. Uh, I never say never. I don't think they would invite me on based on uh, the things I've I've seen and heard about what they've said about me, but uh, I really have no animosity towards anybody. all just trying to live our lives here. I'm trying to live my life. A lot of uh, false narratives thrown out about me uh, that uh, happened during the uh, investigation into the racial bias that was proven to be a problem. 
and uh, I'm moving on from there. And uh, hopefully other people can move on as well. And hopefully things get fixed in the Iowa football department because that's the most uh, – our football program, that's the most important thing, that uh, there aren't people being treated differently based on the color of their skin. All right, let's go to this week's Facebook question. Scott Theron, I apologize. Thrain, I apologize, Scott. I'm bad with names. Thren, Thrain, you can correct me. Is it possible for the Hawks to play outside the conference like Nebraska and Ohio State is considering? Um, yeah, I've had a few people ask this question. This may have been asked on uh, on uh, the Twitter as well. I, I will reiterate, I don't see that happening. You never say never, but I just – I. There are rules about, you know, as, as, uh, that pertain to schools, programs, as members of the, as, as members of the Big Ten, uh, which is, uh, you get paid handsomely to be in the Big Ten. You get an even share. Um, you know, Northwestern gets the same as Ohio State when it comes to revenue sharing. So you just don't want to, I don't think you want to rock that boat, but who knows. Uh, Mark Whittlesey. Whittlesey? Whittlesey? Man, you guys are giving me tough names today. Uh, regarding the football squad and player development, who do you see being the breakout students in the classroom this fall? Anyone a, can- a candidate for a perfect attendance? Who the hell knows what the attendance is going to be? I mean, how do they count the how do they account for the online attendance? Do, you know, do you just check in online and then go back to sleep? Hey, I was there. Um, but no, that's funny. Uh, funny and sad in the same way, Mark, but uh, hopefully all the Hawkeyes use this time uh, not having football to study, you know, to, to focus on studies. And, and you have a record number of Hawkeyes on the Dean's list this fall. Uh, Trevor Rolk asks, with the cancellation of football, do you believe Kevin Warren's next job is to unify the conference? Yeah, this kind of is ties into the Twitter question that I was asked, Trevor. Uh, same thing here. Um, this, uh, there is dissent here, but again, I, I hate using this word because I know it annoys people, but it, it, they are unprecedented times. It is a novel virus. We don't know, you know, the, the decisions aren't cut and dry. They're not easy to make. So it's hard, but in terms of Kevin Warren, I don't think any less of him after this. Um, if there's one thing I would have hoped and it's tough to to keep the, the some of these these stories from leaking out, but it was unfortunate that on Monday, uh, not unfortunate for the free press, they did a good job in covering the story in Detroit uh, that the that the season was canceled. But it got out there on Monday, you know, whatever it was, and it started to creep out Sunday night even that the season was going to be canceled. So then it left players and coaches kind of in limbo, and then they took to excuse me, social media and trying to save the season. And it just was a mess. And the Big Ten needed to handle that better. They needed to meet over the weekend, make a decision and announce it, not let it drag out for 45, 48 hours. I'm not sure what role Kevin Warren played in that, but the conference as a whole did a poor job and, cre- and created anxiety for its coaches and players by not just making a meeting and making a decision. And I don't, again, I don't know how, how, many meetings they needed to have to make that happen. Uh, but these are Zoom meetings. They could have done that without it getting out and, you know, been able to handle this 
from a from a public relations standpoint a whole lot better um and also from a standpoint of not making uh you know really meshing messing with the emotions of of college uh, athletes and not just football players volleyball uh soccer cross country all the other sports that that happen in the fall uh feel bad for all those guys and how they had to learn of this news uh over the last several days thomas lee top three players for breakout seasons if the season happens mine are nixon brents and cradith dallas cradith um good picks like those picks, Thomas. Um, I agree with uh, Davion Nixon for sure. Um, I'm going to put Mark Kallenberger in there, offensive lineman. I think this is his time to finally shine. Um, and then Dane Belton is my other one. Um, I think whether he ends up at cash or strong safety, uh, I think that kid's got star potential. So I'll go, I'll, I'll agree with you on Davion Nixon, then I'm going to go Kallenberger. Uh, and Dane Belton. So appreciate the question. Uh, Dale Berry asks, I love the Hawkeyes and not so much the higher ups of the Big Ten. Personally, I hope the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 play an entire season that they schedule, which in my opinion would destroy the Big Ten and Pac-12 decisions. Look for the NCAA to step in and try to get harmony among the Power Five conferences. (coughs) Excuse me. I better take a drink here before I cough again. Sorry. Um, thank you for the, for the statement, I guess, Dale, there's not really a question there, but I will, I will um, piggyback off of your statement and say, I think that's the, if there's one thing we learned that I think we knew, but it was magnified during the last week is that there needs to be a governing body of power five conferences. Um, and whether that is that then, you know, then encompasses the, the group of five and then, you know, it trickles down below that. If you can have a governing body do that, fine. But I think this is, we're at a point now where the power five needs to come together and say, all right, we need a decision on an overall uh, commissioner, president, whatever of the power five uh, to lead the way here. It's just, this was just a mess with two conferences shutting down now and three conferences still trying to play uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, you could say, okay, Alabama is the national champion. They would have been the national. We don't know that. We don't know unless you play the games and all five power conferences play. So I just think it's a mess and we need to have some, uh, it's, it's clear the NCAA doesn't have much power here. The NCAA did not do much at all in terms of guiding, uh, guiding the, the colleges through this process. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at here with this. There needs to be some governing body, body for college athletics. And this has just been anarchy and a mess. And uh, I think that's if, if, you know, if, if the Big Ten and, and the Pac-12 have some extra time on their hands, which they should right now, maybe that's something that should be in the forefront, you know, at the top of the to-do list this fall is figuring out how to unify uh, at least the power five schools and maybe the group of five too. I don't know. Maybe you can have an overall college football, but, and, and maybe this is the start of the power five breaking away from the NCAA. I really don't know, but I think we're going to see some major changes in college athletics moving forward after, after the, uh, the, the, uh, after what we've seen the last 
you know, six months in college sports, we're going to probably see a shift and maybe for the better, hopefully for the better. And then I'll go to the Hawkeye Nation uh, message boards here for the last few questions. This is probably a shorter uh, mailbag podcast, which uh, is good because my voice is not holding up so well. Um, not sure why that's not popping up on the message board. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Okay, I love you, Larry Station asks objectively, since I know he's common whipping boy, Brian Ferentz has put new wrinkles into the Iowa offense. See the game against USC. What new wrinkles are you expecting? And, and this question came last week too. So um, <laughs> I love you, Larry Station is not living in a, in a, in, under a rock or in, a, in a, a, a time warp or something. This was a question sent forth last week. Uh, what new wrinkles are you expecting or hoping this year from the Iowa offense? Um, I was expecting um, guys like Tracy and Amir Smith-Marset to get the ball uh, more in space, Tyler Goodson. I think that was where we were going to see some um, maturation maybe, advancement in Iowa's offensive scheme. Uh, I was hoping to see maybe some variants of uh, blocking schemes, maybe away from all zone blocking. Uh, but who knows? That's a tough. That's a tough one to to go back on when you've you've become so it's become so ingrained. Um, but those are a couple thoughts I have. Not, I won't go too deep here, knowing that we don't really have a football season to talk about. Uh, and then Larry's second question: Do you get the feeling Phil Parker does or doesn't have interest in being the head coach someday? Um, I don't think he does. I think he could have been a head coach already at uh, maybe a Mac level school. Just don't think that's something that fits with his personality. Uh, he's pretty well paid to be a, a defensive coordinator. You never say never. Uh, Phil, I believe, is in his mid to late fifties. Maybe he takes a shot at a payday and, and see if he sees if he likes it. Uh, if Kirk Ferentz decides to to um, to retire here in the next, you know, three to five years, something like that. Maybe Phil Parker takes a shot at that. I, I don't know if he'd want to be the head coach here. Um, I'm sure certainly he'd be a candidate if he chose to be. Um, but I, I don't, I've never gotten the sense that that's something that he strives for. Uh, Friowa asked, how does Seth Wallace not get fired for calling a student athlete simple Jack and outright breaking of um, – Furpa law, I don't know. Uh, I, think, I think he meant Furpa law by disclosing an athlete's GPA to teammates. When all of us know that the professor would get walked out of the building to the doing that. Um, I don't not know what came of that story for Iowa. Uh, that was an accusation made by uh, Jack Kallenberger. Uh, I don't know what was found in the investigation in regards to that because it was in a personnel file that we're not going to see because it's illegal for Iowa to release that. And we've already been down this road. It was a uh, smart, smart move by Iowa to do four separate personnel files on individual coaches. So now we don't really know about the accusation against Seth. We don't know about the accusations against Brian. Perhaps nothing came of it. Perhaps they were found innocent of all charges, but we will never know because they will not be released. Same with Kirk Ferentz and uh, Chris Doyle. Uh, I assume those are the four 
personnel files that uh, were produced. Uh, and again, maybe that's wrong of me to assume, but those were the four coaches that were uh, named in specific uh, allegations. So, um, Uh, let's see here. Fry always got a couple other questions here that I don't have answers to. Um, he'll donate a hundred dollars to the children's hospital with proof of us for KF. The question verbatim on camera during a presser. I'm dead serious. Bonus 50. If you follow up question with, Oh, he's talking about the Seth Wallace question. I, I'm sure. Well, the, the thing is, is they're not going to talk about that now because it's in a personnel file. I can ask these questions, but they're just going to say that's confidential information. So I will move on. Jester Hawks, not defending Wallace, but I do remember three profs. Okay, they're getting a discussion here. Uh, Hawk, uh, I love Larry Station. I love you, Larry Station is back. Hawk-based question, loose affiliation. You got an inside info on why my boards George Kittle is – going to get signed by my Niners I'm guessing five year I've got no inside information there Larry uh no information on Kittle I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't been signed yet but weird stuff happens in the NFL in terms of uh in terms of uh these cat and mouse games with signing big contracts but George is going to get paid at some point probably some point very soon uh, Tweeter Hawk with at least 28 Rutgers players testing positive COVID, even before putting on pads and difficulties at other schools. Should the Big Ten punt in the fall season? Yes. <laughs> should they? No, I don't know if they should, but they have Tweeter. Sorry, that question from was from last week as well. Um, and that pretty much does it, guys. Uh, that was kind of a disjointed um, edition of the mailbag podcast hopefully next week we can get into a more uh traditional regular rhythm with questions from the week um who knows what's going to happen in the next week it seems like this decision's been made for the big 10 but i'm not <laughs> i'll not be shocked by anything anymore uh in terms of maybe uh things changing or you know you know nebraska and ohio state are kind of hinting that they may try to play games in the fall. If Ohio State leads the way, that will make things interesting. If Nebraska does it, I think the Big Ten will tell them, hey, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. That won't happen with Ohio State. But uh, interesting times to be sure, and I appreciate you guys uh, taking in the pod, downloading, listening, however you choose to do so. Appreciate that a ton. Um, still getting back on my feet here after the appendectomy starting to feel a little bit better today, hopefully a little bit better tomorrow and hopefully a lot better by next week. Uh, I think Andrew Downs and I will be recording, uh, our regular, uh, flagship pod HN podcast tomorrow, Thursday, August the 13th. And we'll have reaction to the big 10 shutting down the season and maybe talk a little bit about some bring possibilities and what this means for Iowa football chance that guys may transfer things like that. But uh, this will uh, hopefully hold you guys for the day. Sorry. It's been so long since we've had a podcast. I've been sidelined, but hopefully we get back into a regular routine here. Thanks again for listening. Uh, this is Rob Howe, publisher of HawkeyeNation.com. We will talk to you guys soon.